Lakers lose to the Sixers, 109-101 the final score, 28-17 and on the season. Uh, Lakers certainly struggling without their stars. They've lost four games in a row. Now sitting in fourth place in the Western Conference, Denver and Portland right on their heels, just a game and a half behind the Lakers. So obviously shows the uh, position that the Lakers are in right now. Um, we got a lot to get into in this postgame show. We'll obviously spend a lot of time on this game, and we'll also talk about what the day was, no trades for the Lakers, how important the buyout market's going to be for the Lake Show as well. So uh, all of that, 877-710-ESPN if you want to be a part of the show. You could also hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Um, who would have thought coming into this game that, and I put out a video right as uh, Dwight Howard and Danny Green were getting their rings. It was kind of good vibes. You know, you felt good for them. Two guys that certainly had such impactful roles on this Lakers team. And I know there were times, Laker fans especially, there were times where there was a lot of frustration when Danny Green doesn't hit his shot consistent enough. Um, and he ends up, you know, obviously part of a trade. He eventually gets to Philadelphia. Dwight Howard gets to Philadelphia. Coming into tonight's game, if you'd have told me Ben Simmons had 28 points, I get it. If you'd have told me Tobias Harris was going to put up 28 points tonight, completely understand. But if you'd have told me Danny Green would have hit eight threes, nine of 14 from the field, he only had one field goal outside the three-point line or inside the three-point line uh, and ends up with 28 points. And here we are sitting in the postgame show talking about Danny Green being the difference of the Lakers winning this game and not snapping that losing streak that they've been in. Uh, definitely, definitely did not think that was going to be the case. Um, he was obviously incredibly impactful for the Sixers, and unfortunately for the Lakers, it hands them another loss. Uh, let me uh, start off with Robert out in Venice. Robert, uh, appreciate you calling in. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, thanks, Alex. I appreciate your time. You know, I think Rob Palenka is not getting enough heat because if you look at the, the three players we're missing from last year's run, Danny Green, Rondo, and Dwight. Can you not say there's three Lakers players that you would give up for the, for those three? Now, Wes Matthews, disappointment. Marcus All, obviously not the same inside presence that Dwight was. But think about this. Green, Rondo, and Dwight. If that was our, our three at the trade deadline, we'd all be clapping and screaming. Am I wrong here, Alex? I mean, tell me. Uh, appreciate you calling in. Thank you for calling in. Uh, first of all, let, let me say this. It's easy right now to kick the Lakers when they're down, and it's easy to do it when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are out. So, um, yeah, you can say that at the moment because LeBron James and Anthony Davis aren't playing. But if when the Lakers won four games in a row uh, after the All-Star break, I don't know if I'm getting the same call. I'm probably not getting the same call. The Dwight Howard one, I understand. I think there's a lot of Laker fans that would say, rim protector, we needed a rim protector. Why didn't we get a rim protector? Why not bring Dwight back? Um, that one, I, I think that's a completely fair one. But I heard a lot of Laker fans compa compa complaining about Danny Green last season. And remember how you got Danny Green. You got Danny Green through Den – or you got Dennis Schroeder because of Danny Green. I'd rather have Dennis Schroeder over Danny Green. The Wesley Matthews signing has not worked out. There's no way to, there's no reason to try and sugarcoat that. To this point, he has not been as consistent as we hoped he would be. I thought we were getting Wesley Matthews, which was a comp to Danny Green, but you were getting him at a fifth of the price. So that's the way that I look at that. This buyout market's going to be big for the Lakers. You know what else is going to be big? Getting LeBron James and Anthony Davis back. 
Um, but because that's further on down the road, and I think it's going to be a little bit a little bit of time until you know that obviously happens. Um, I'm going to just focus on the buyout market for a quick second. Lakers did not make a trade, obviously, by the noon deadline. And it, it sounded like for a second there that they, they might be in a position to do something. Um, there were a few different moments this morning that I thought, I think Kyle Lowry is going to be a Laker. And for that brief second, you saw Victor Oladipo go to the Miami Heat. You thought, okay, maybe now it's just Lakers and the Raptors are negotiating. That deal doesn't go down. The buyout market is where I thought um, – that's why I thought Rob Palenka excelled last season to fill in holes that we had. We got to find out what happens coming up to this buyout market, and if Palenka, you know, obviously pulls similar strings. And I, I'm going to give Palenka, um, you know, obviously, uh, let's let the buyout market work itself out. But nobody's in a in a in an easy position here when you lose LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, let me take a, a quick uh, phone call here again. Let's go to. Joe in the Inland Empire. Joe, appreciate you calling in. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, uh, what's up, Alvin? Hey, man. Uh, I just, you know, today was stressful. Today was very stressful for Laker fans. You know, the whole day we were hoping that, you know, we could swing some kind of trade today. I I, I was just looking around the edges like a Wayne Ellington or a, a Terrence Ross or Hassan Whiteside. Like, we got to – like really step up our, our roster because if we keep slipping, we we really about to slip out of contention of really being. Right, we miss you there. We, we miss you there. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you calling in. I, I got what you were saying. Basically, got to make some kind of move to to stay where we're at or um, just play even playing field. Michael was saying today he thought if the Lakers went four and six over their last next ten games. Then it was five and five would be great. I'm with him on that. I mean, it, anything above 500 or at 500 at this point, uh, obviously that would be that would be a positive. Let me squeeze in one more quick call here. Uh, Scooter in L.A. What's going on, Scooter? How you doing? Doing okay, man. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, as I was going to say, man, these last four games have been kind of brutal to watch, man. And it's, it's funny, like what difference a week or two make? Because I can remember looking at what Utah. Phoenix and the Clippers were doing, hoping that the Lakers would, would stay pace with them. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking at what Denver and uh, Portland and Dallas and the rest of the, uh, the lower west of the business is doing, and hoping the Lakers could at least, you know, stay, keep their head above water until uh, LeBron and, and Anthony gets back. Well, Scooter, I, I don't know if I have the answer to that, if they will be able to keep their head above water. I really don't. I appreciate you calling in. Um, I'm, listen, I was saying this, said this last couple of days. You know how exciting it was walking into Saturday's game against Atlanta? Lakers had won four in a row. Utah was playing 500 ball. Lakers now second place in the Western Conference. Like that, things can change, right? Just um, so quick, things can change. The one thing that I'd pay most attention to right now is let's see how the rest of the roster rounds up. Lakers have two roster spots. Those roster spots are going to be key. And I'm very curious to see how... uh, you know, obviously Rob Plank of the Lakers front office rounded up, not just for the long playoff run, but for this next 30 days until you think you got that opportunity to be healthy. Um, all right, when we come back, we'll uh, take a listen to Lakers head coach Frank Vogel. We'll get his thoughts on the Lakers' uh, loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. Good battle. Third quarter killed the Lakers, obviously, outscored by 18. It was, it was tied at halftime. 
And then Lakers were down 18 by the time the fourth quarter started. Um, you know, Lakers would go down by 19, come all the way back, cut it down to three. And Danny freaking Green, 28 points and eight three-pointers for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel when we come back. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll take uh, more of your phone calls as well, 877-710-ESPN. This is the Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Throws it into Dwight, right into the basket, stolen by Wes Matthews. Gets it ahead to Caruso. Caruso to THT. Taylor Horton Tucker, bounce pass. Matthews, three-pointer by Wes is good. And the Lakers retake the lead, 24-23. The defensive play of the game is brought to you by Adriana's Insurance. Win and save on your auto insurance, and only Adriana's Insurance can guarantee it. We give you more options, unique offers, and exclusive opportunities to get the coverage you need at the best price, visit SaveWithAdrianas.com today. Adriana's insurance, more options, no contracts, just savings. Lakers lose 109 to 101. Uh, tough loss for the Lakers. Nice comeback. Had some hope there at the end. I actually thought Lakers had a good chance to pull it out. Uh, the game did not come down to this, but the the ref that called a foul on Dennis Schroeder on that defensive play, and then was first of all that was an awful call, and then so quick to blow the uh, the whistle and hit Dennis Schroeder with a technical foul, uh, there's nothing worse than when you remember the referees after games rather than just remembering the players and situations that were happening in the game. Uh, like I said, that's not the difference of the game. Lakers had opportunities, but critical situation like that, you hate to see a play like that. Uh, 109-101, the final score. Um, I do want to take more of your guys' phone calls, 877-710-ESPN. I'm going to do that in just a little bit here, but let's hear from Lakers head coach Frank Vogel. Let's get his thoughts on the Lakers' eight-point loss to the Sixers. That's four losses in a row for the Lakers. Hey, Frank, before we get to the fourth quarter, just wondered what was going through your mind after the Shake Milton hits that three to close the third quarter, uh, what the deficit was and all the turnovers and et cetera that had led to Philly building that lead. Yeah, well, each of the last uh, three or four games, we've had one really bad quarter. You know, and uh, we're hoping to prevent that and play a 48 minute night. Um, you know, the third quarter, you know, we just, uh, you know, credit to defense. You know, they're, they're great at forcing turnovers. We made some few poor decisions, but they made some good defensive plays that are in that stretch as well. And, um, you know, got going in transition. Um, and then, you know, obviously the, the double team is trying to take the ball out of Tobias's hands mostly. Um, you know, we got crossed up on a few of those and gave up threes as well. So, uh, just a tough stretch for us during that during that quarter, and uh, you know, got to continue to uh, try to put together 48 minutes. And then, as to that fourth quarter, Frank, obviously there was some desperation needed, but are is that something that you feel like should be happening more? Just given the fact LeBron and AD are out, do you think that's something that can be called upon more and playing with that type of intensity? Yeah, I don't think we played harder in in the uh, in the fourth quarter than the third. I, I think we played poorly in the third. You know, I think our team's fighting. They're scratching and clawing, giving great effort. Um, you know, but like I said, we're just having a stretch where we, we make some poor decisions and, and miss some some assignments on a defensive end. You know, so we just got to put it together for 48 minutes. 
Okay, Bill Orm, please. Hey, Frank. Uh, I was just wondering if you could tell us what you saw from Mark in his first game back and just how, how good it was to have him back on the floor after this prolonged absence. Yeah, he, he was great. You know, uh, I'm not really sure what his, his number is, one for two, but his impact comes in, in a lot of different ways. You know, the IQ defensively, um, you know, had a great a couple of great uh, verticality plays at the rim uh, to get us some stops. And, uh, you know, it just gives us a different dynamic offensively to be able to play pass and cut offense more, um, you know, with him quarterback and some of that stuff. So uh, a good return for him. With, will he play tomorrow night or will it still be on a minutes restriction? What's the plan? We'll see how he feels tomorrow. Sorry about that, Frank. Kyle Goon, please. Hey, Frank. Um, you know, I know you talked before about everybody kind of having to step up a little bit here and there to replace guys like LeBron and D. But in, in terms of, you know, vocal leadership or, or kind of pulling guys through maybe some of the rough quarters you've had, is there somebody um, that you feel like is is more capable of, of sort of pulling the team sort of filling the leadership void that, that you guys are missing without LeBron? Yeah, we got to lead from every chair in the room. You know, everybody's got to, got to play their part and everybody quite frankly is, you know, guys are, are talking out coverages and talking about actions and offensive spacing and where they need to be. They're working together uh, the right way. It's healthy. Uh, we're competing uh, just falling short because of, of a couple, couple different difficult stretches. Okay. Dan Wicke. Frank, it's probably kind of obvious, but is that sort of the lesson to, to the to the guys after these games? Is that the margin for error is just so much more slim without AD and LeBron? Yeah, that's you know, yes, margin error is it's pretty is, obvious, I guess. It's more slim. Okay, we are going to go to Michael Duarte. Yeah, Frank, um, I'm sure you're used to it seeing what Danny Green was able to do, you know, for you a couple games when he gets hot. But when he gets hot like he did tonight, what can you do to just stop him? I know you, some missed rotations left him with some open shots, but other than that, he was just on all night. Yeah, there was there was a couple where it draped all over him. Uh, but when you're trying to slow down guys like Ben Simmons and, and Tobias Harris, we, we overcommitted uh, and overhelped off, uh, on, on Ben's drives to the basket entirely too much. I think Danny got some of those. Um, you know, some of those uh, we're, we're trying to take the ball out of Tobias Harris' hands, and that's what uh, that's what Danny's won championships doing is uh, making double teams pay. And um, you know, we just didn't get to him enough. Okay, last two questions. We're going to Claudia Gestro, please. Hey, Frank. I know tonight was not a good night, but it looks like Kuzma is taking on a leadership role. How important will that be as you go forward? Yeah, he's got a healthy spirit. You know, he really does. He's got uh, a great mindset uh, to come in and give maximum effort. Plays extremely hard on both sides of the ball. And, um, you know, the mental piece of it, you know, I do think is picked up uh, in the absence of, of LeBron and AD, you know, trying like the rest of our guys, uh, you know, to talk things out on the floor and, and figure out the game. You know, so he's doing a great job. Thank you. And last question, Davide, please. Uh, hey, Coach. Um, what do you think is the most positive uh, thing you see from your team tonight? I think how we fought. You know, I, I think we got down in, uh, in, in New Orleans uh, two nights ago and um, let, let go of the rope a little bit in a 15-point you know, lead, got up to 25, 28, whatever it was. Um, I thought when we got down uh, that margin tonight, uh, we had the mindset to scratch and claw and not give up on the game and uh, do whatever it, it takes to get back in it. You know, we gave ourselves a 
a chance in the final minute. I think we got it, cut it to three at one point, and um, you know I was proud of how our guys competed through that stretch. All right, that's uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel right there. I think one thing sticks out to me. He said that they're not having bad games; they're having a bad quarter. They had an awful third quarter tonight. Um, had a bad second quarter against the Pelicans. Not that the third quarter was that much better. They had a bad uh, quarter against the Atlanta Hawks. That was the third quarter, so that was the first quarter without LBJ. Um, Same thing with the Suns. I think it was the second quarter. It's so tough for this team to sustain something um, when you're so used to LeBron James carrying the load. I'm not even going to mention Anthony Davis anymore because AD has been out long enough to where – you know, I think we'd all agree when we were talking MVP, most valuable player, the conversation was always LeBron James. And LBJ was able to hide a lot of things. So LBJ would go out for three, four minutes, try to get you know a, a quick blow, some rest. And by the time he came back, um, it was Lakers would blow a seven-point lead or something along those lines. Now it's there's no margin for error. There is no – LeBron's gone, so – uh, anytime that you're not playing good basketball, all of a sudden a team that it might be a close game, and next thing you know, you're down double digits. That happened to the uh, Sixers tonight. Okay, we'll do a couple things when we come back. 109-101, the final score with the Sixers. Um, we'll take a couple phone calls. We'll get a chance to hear from Montrez Harrell as well. This is the Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. Task's Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture-wicking, and provides USPF 50-plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. Task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task's Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. Lakers lose 109-101 to to the Sixers. Points in the Paint all season long is sponsored by Vista Paint. Right now, local residents can take 40% off on factory direct high-quality Vista Paint products. A Vista Paint team member will show you how locally owned, manufactured, and operated since 1956. Vista Paint. I'm going to squeeze in a couple quick calls, but let me um, let me read off this tweet real quick from Chris Haynes. So Chris Haynes sent out a tweet from Yahoo Sports. says, Yahoo Sources, LaMarcus Aldridge will have conversations with the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers, and Brooklyn Nets before deciding on his next destination. Haynes, a couple minutes later, Yahoo Sources, Andre Drummond will listen to pitches from the New York Knicks. Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, Boston Celtics, and Charlotte Hornets. Um, you know, I, I think the buyout market is obviously uh, something that every Laker fan, your attention just completely shifts to. By the way, even if Lakers made a trade earlier today, you would still be paying attention to the buyout market specifically because one name that's been thrown around for the last 30 days has been Andre Drummond. Um, this will be interesting. It really will. 
if Lakers can land Andre Drummond and then can figure out some type of other player, a 3 and D guy, something along those lines, or some type of a shooter that's available as well, we all might be sitting here, um, hopefully sooner than later, talking about how, okay, we didn't we didn't make a trade, we didn't give up a ton of assets, but then we ended up with uh, influential players that can help determine whether Lakers win a championship or not and keep the Lakers above water. Or we could be sitting here saying that the Lakers made no changes and now you just got to wait for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So uh, we'll see what happens on that front. But that's a couple tweets there from Chris Haynes. Some updates on Andre Drummond and and LaMarcus Aldridge. Yarid in Burbank, thank you for calling in. You're on the Pizza at Lakers postgame show. Go ahead. How's it going, man? Uh, Big fan. Um, I I just want to quickly say uh, just to Laker fans that I think we need to just calm down a little bit. Um, I think the one player that we all agree on is Drummond. Uh, I feel like that could come in the future. But um, just like last year, everyone was talking about KCP and his struggles, but he turned out being one of the most important players in the playoffs and the finals. Um, and I just feel like with Schroeder, with Trez, playing with LeBron is, uh, just turns players uh, you know, into producing their best play. And I feel like with this group, we just need to stick with it, stick, um, you know, stick together within this time while everyone's out. Um, and I feel like once the playoffs hit, we'll be ready. Yeah, I appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you for calling in. Let me get one more call in here. How about Quincy in L.A.? What's going on, Quincy? What's good? What's good? Thank you, man. Um, appreciate you calling in. Listen, Alan, I'm, not, I'm positive, you know. I, I like this because at the end of the day, who's going to guard LeBron and AD mm-hmm. in a seven-game set, you know? You know, I feel bad for Utah. If the Lakers go to eighth seed, the Jazz who went to first place to play the Lakers, you know, that's tough for Utah. <laughs> could, and like, uh, could you imagine? Could you imagine that's yeah, your gift of being the that. number one seed? They, they did all that work just to get, like, uh, blown out, you know. You know, Quincy, I, I'll say this, and I appreciate you calling in. What, what it comes down to now is it's very simple. Um, just staying at par before LeBron and AD come back. We're supposed to get an update on Anthony Davis, I think, tomorrow. That'll be two weeks. Timeline, they said that he'll be reevaluated. That doesn't mean AD's coming back anytime soon. Um, but now it, it honestly just comes down to how many games are you going to lose between now and the time that those two players come back? And that's not a knock on anybody. This is no franchise is built to withstand two of the best players in the NBA being out at the same time for 30 days or six weeks or whatever the case is. So I think with all that being said, I agree with you that, yes, just get in the playoffs. problem is the playoffs is so far away. It seems so distant away because LeBron and AD are not healthy. Okay, Montrez Harrell on the Lakers' uh, eight-point loss. Montrez, by the way, he had a nice game, and he continues to play well. Uh, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 8 of 13 from the field. Uh, single-handedly got Dwight thrown out of the game. Here's Montrez Harrell. Was there something that you saw in that fourth quarter comeback where it, it appeared you guys were playing more desperate, more kind of back against the wall that, that you thought could have come out earlier in this game? Um, you know, I think it was, you know, all those things that you just said. Um, we played, you know, desperation-type basketball. We played with pace. Uh, we flew around on the defense end four, made rotations. Um, you know, just tried to cause a lot of havoc. Um, on the defensive end of the floor, um, and then on the offensive end of the floor, we were just swinging the ball all around, man. I just tried to keep the ball, keep hopping left and right, uh, making them make extra rotations, man, and, you know, guys started to make shots. Um, 
the third quarter definitely hurt us a lot. Um, they hit, you know, four or five threes, which caused me to get on that uh, big run and then took that league um, up to where they did, you know, and we can't have those lapses, um, you know, but. You know, every game, man, we, we seem to, you know, be right there. And we always had that lapse, in, you know, one of, the, one of these quarters, man. So we just got to, you know, find a way to just take that out of the game. I'm sure you'll have to go back and look at some of the film on it. But did you notice during that third quarter what was happening with some of the missed rotations for the open threes and then also just the turnovers, right? I think there were nine turnovers in that third quarter that led to Philly points. Um, Honestly, just trying to, you know, I think a lot of those was trying to make the right play, um, fitting in the small spaces that, you know, this team is real big, uh, you know, in the league and defense and in the floor. I think they're like like three or four or, you know, that might be two if I'm not mistaken uh, from what we saw in uh, film earlier this morning, man. But they were uh, real active on their hands and definitely got a lot of strips. Um, and, you know, really, uh, that's what it was. I think we're trying to make the right play um, instead of just letting the things develop, um, trying to fit in the small spaces, small windows. And that was coming up with a lot of strips, you know. And, you know, once they got out on the run, you know, they hit threes, guys filled the lane. So, you know, that kind of uh, put us in a hole. But at the end of the day, man, I love how we fought and just how we, you know, kept the pin and fought over to the end. Okay, Kyle Goo next, please. Chaz, um, and I'm sure you played on trade deadline day plenty of times, but is, is there any sort of, did you sense any sort of tension or, or any just weirdness from shoot around this morning? And, and what does it tell you when, you know, the front office doesn't, doesn't really make any moves at all. And it's like, Hey, this is the team we want. This is the team we're going to go forward with. Um, to be honest with you, as far as the whole trade deadline, man, I don't really, uh, you know, pay too much any attention. I mean, guys, you see the tweets and the different notifications come across the TV and the ticker and things like that. Um, but as far as the player, man, we really don't have much we can really do about the situation, man. Um, it's more so, you know, talks about the team and your agent and, uh, you know, kind of pieces that the team want to move, man. You, you don't really have too much of a say um, until basically it kind of comes out. So, you know, I don't really kind of wrap myself up around any of those type of things. I don't kind of get into it, man. Um, I got a great, you know, agency um, with Clutch and Rich Paul. So, you know, I'll leave that in their hands. And, you know, I'm just trying to take care of what I can take care of out here on the uh, court. Hey, Dave McManaman, please. Hey, Treads, what was going on between you and Dwight out there in the first quarter? Was that just competitive fire between you two? Was there any bad blood? And what did you think of him getting run from the game? Um, I don't know, honestly. I don't even really care. Uh, I'll be real with you. Um, I was playing basketball, man. and. You know, I, I Doc is an uh, old coach of mine, so is Sam, man. And, you know, when I'm talking to the coaches and if they feel like, you know, some of the things you're doing aren't basketball plays, man, then it is what it is, man. But, you know, I'm not backing down from nobody, man. I don't I don't take that lightly. I don't take, you know, none of that disrespect. You know, you're not going to, you know, push me all around on the court and just feel like you're just going to big boy me and just, you know, have your way with me. No, I don't, it don't fly with me. It's not in my blood and it'll never be in my blood. You know, I don't care what nobody feels about it. I don't care who don't like me. It is what it is, man. Like, that's just what it is. So. That's how I feel about that situation, and, you know, that's where it's going to stay. Thanks, Trez. All right, that's uh, Montrez Hill right there. Again, fired up just listening to Montrez. Um, you know, he had uh, – Dwight had two technical fouls. I don't know what Dwight was doing, to be honest with you. It, just watching the – as smart of a player Dwight Howard is, as important as he is, especially with Joel Embiid out, he basically got himself completely tossed out of the game uh, for no reason at all. Him and Trez were going back and forth but still not enough for the Lakers. They still lose to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, okay, let's do this when we come back. I know we still got a, a few people that want to chat about this Lakers loss. I'll take some phone calls when we come back. 
couple of interesting quotes I want to read. There was a, a couple of good quotes from Dennis Schroeder, another good quote from KCP, and then we'll also get a chance to hear from Mark Gasol. Gasol's been gone. Gasol talks about his, uh, um, you know, obviously going through COVID-19 and what that journey has been like. Um, plus, we will uh, get a chance to just react a little bit to all the deals that went down in the NBA earlier today. Uh, Lakers lose to the Sixers, 109-101. Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Lakers lose 109-101 to the Sixers. Points in the Paint all season long is sponsored by Vista Paint right now. Local residents can take 40% off on factory direct high-quality Vista Paint products. A Vista Paint team member will show you how locally owned, manufactured, and operated since 1956. Vista Paint. I'm going to squeeze in a couple quick calls, but let me um, let me read off this tweet real quick from Chris Haynes. So Chris Haynes sent out a tweet from Yahoo Sports. says, Yahoo Sources, LaMarcus Aldridge will have conversations with the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers, and Brooklyn Nets before deciding on his next destination. Haynes, a couple minutes later, Yahoo Sources, Andre Drummond will listen to pitches from the New York Knicks, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, Boston Celtics, and Charlotte Hornets. Um, you know, I, I think the buyout market is obviously uh, something that every Laker fan, your attention just completely shifts to. By the way, even if Lakers made a trade earlier today, you would still be paying attention to the buyout market specifically because one name that's been thrown around for the last 30 days has been Andre Drummond. Um, this will be interesting. It really will. If Lakers can land Andre Drummond and then can figure out some type of other player, a 3 and D guy, something along those lines, or some type of a shooter that's available as well, we all might be sitting here, um, hopefully sooner than later, talking about how okay, we didn't we didn't make a trade, we didn't give up a ton of assets, but then we ended up with uh, influential players that can help determine whether the Lakers win a championship or not and keep the Lakers above water. Or we could be sitting here saying that the Lakers made no changes and now you just got to wait for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So uh, we'll see what happens on that front, but that's uh, a couple tweets there from Chris Haynes, some updates on Andre Drummond and, and LaMarcus Aldridge. Yarid in Burbank, thank you for calling in. You're on the Pizza at Lakers postgame show. Go ahead. How's it going, man? Uh, big fan. Um, I, I just want to quickly say, uh, just to Laker fans, that I think we need to just calm down a little bit. Um, I think the one player that we all agree on is Drummond. Uh, I feel like that could come in the future. But um, just like last year, everyone was talking about KCP and his struggles, but he turned out being one of the most important players in the playoffs and the finals. Um, and I just feel like with Schroeder, with Trez, Playing with LeBron is uh, just turns players, uh, you know, into producing their best play. And I feel like with this group, we just need to stick with it, stick, um, you know, stick together within this time while everyone's out. Um, and I feel like once the playoffs hit, we'll be ready. Yeah, I appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you for calling in. Let me get one more call in here. How about Quincy in L.A.? What's going on, Quincy? What's good? What's good? Thank you, man. Um, appreciate you calling in. 
Listen, Alan, I'm not, I'm positive. You know, I, I like this because at the end of the day, who's going to guard LeBron and AD mm-hmm. in a seven game set? You know, you know, I feel bad for Utah. If the Lakers go to eight seed, the Jazz who went to first place to play the Lakers, you know, that's tough for Utah. <laughs> could, and like, uh, could you imagine? I, could you imagine that's yeah, your gift of being the that. number one seed? They, they did all that work just to get like uh, blown out. You know. You know, Quincy, I, I'll say this, and I appreciate you calling in. What what it comes down to now is it's very simple. Um, just staying at par before LeBron and AD come back. We're supposed to get an update on Anthony Davis, I think, tomorrow. That'll be two weeks. Timeline, they said that he'll be reevaluated. That doesn't mean AD's coming back anytime soon. Um, but now it, it honestly just comes down to how many games are you going to lose between now and the time that those two players come back? And that's not a knock on anybody. This is no franchise is built to withstand two of the best players in the NBA being out at the same time for 30 days or six weeks or whatever the case is. So I think with all that being said, I agree with you that, yes, just get in the playoffs. problem is the playoffs is so far away. It seems so distant away because LeBron and AD are not healthy. Okay, Montrez Harrell on the Lakers' uh, eight-point loss. Montrez, by the way, he had a nice game, and he continues to play well. Uh, 20 points, eight rebounds, eight of 13 from the field. Uh, Single-handedly got Dwight thrown out of the game. Here's Montrez Harrell. Was there something that you saw in that fourth quarter comeback where it it appeared you guys were playing more desperate, more kind of back against the wall that that you thought could have come out earlier in this game? Um. You know, I think it was, you know, all those things that you just said. Um, we played, you know, desperation-type basketball. We played with pace. Uh, we flew around on the defense end of the floor, made rotations. Um, you know, just tried to cause a lot of havoc on the, on the defense end of the floor. Um, and then on the offense end of the floor, we were just swinging the ball all around, man. I uh, just tried to keep the ball, keep hopping left and right, uh, making them make extra rotations, man. And, you know, guys started to make shots. Um, the third quarter definitely hurt us a lot. Um, they hit, you know, four or five threes, which caused me to get on that uh, – big run and then take that league um, up to where they did, you know, and we can't have those lapses, um, you know, but, you know, every game, man, we, we seem to, you know, be right there and we always had that lapse, in, you know, one, one of these quarters, man. So we just got to, you know, find a way to just take that out of the game. I'm sure you'll have to go back and look at some of the film on it, but did you notice during that third quarter what was happening with some of the misrotations for the open threes and then also just the turnovers, right? I think there were nine turnovers in that third quarter that led to Philly points. Um. Honestly, just trying to, you know, I think a lot of those was trying to make the right play, um, fitting in the small spaces that, you know, this team is real big, uh, you know, in the league and defense and in the floor. I think they're like like three or four or, you know, there might be two if I'm not mistaken um, from what we saw in uh, film earlier this morning, man. But they were uh, real active on their hands and definitely got a lot of strips. Um, and, you know, really, uh, that's what it was. I think we was trying to make the right play um, instead of just letting the things develop. Um, trying to fit in the small spaces, small windows, and they was coming up with a lot of strips, you know. And, you know, once they got out on the run, you know, they hit threes, guys spilled the lane. So, you know, that kind of uh, put us in a hole. But at the end of the day, man, I love how we fought and just how we, you know, kept competing and fought our way to the end. Okay, Kyle Goo next, please. Trez, um, and I'm sure you played on trade deadline day plenty of times, but is, is there any sort of – did you sense any sort of tension or, or any just weirdness from shoot-around this morning? And, and what does it tell you when, you know, the front office 
doesn't doesn't really make any moves at all, and it's like, hey, this is the team we want. This is the team we're going to go forward with. Um, to be honest with you, as far as the whole trade deadline, man, I don't really uh, you know pay too much any attention. I mean, guys, you see the tweets and the different notifications come across the TV and the ticker and things like that. Um, but as far as the player, man, we really don't have much we can really do about the situation, man. Um, it's more so, you know, talks throughout the team and your agent and, uh, you know, kind of pieces that the team want to move, man. You, you don't really have too much of a say um, until basically it kind of comes out. So, you know, I don't really kind of wrap myself up around any of those type of things. I don't kind of get into it, man. Um, I got a great, you know, agency um, with Clutch and Rich Paul. So, you know, I'll leave that in their hands. And, you know, I'm just trying to take care of what I can take care of out here on the uh, court. Hey, Dave McManaman, please. Hey, Trez, what was going on between you and Dwight out there in the first quarter? Was that just competitive fire between you two? Was there any bad blood? And what did you think of him getting run from the game? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't even really care, uh, to be real with you. Um, I was playing basketball, man, and, you know, I, I Doc is an uh, old coach of mine, so is Sam, man, and, you know, when I'm talking to the coaches and if they feel like, you know, some of the things you're doing are basketball plays, man, then it is what it is, man, but, you know, I'm not backing out from nobody, man. I don't I don't take that lightly. I don't take, you know, none of that disrespect. You know, you're not going to, you know, push me all around on the court and just feel like you're just going to big boy me and just, you know, have your way with me. No, I don't, it don't fly with me. It's not in my blood and it'll never be in my blood. You know, I don't care what nobody feels about it. I don't care who don't like me. It is what it is, man. Like, that's just what it is. So that's how I feel about that situation. And, you know, that's where it's going to stay. Thanks, Trez. All right, that's uh, Montrez Hill right there. Again, fired up just listening to Montrez. Um, you know, he had uh, – Dwight had two technical fouls. I don't know what Dwight was doing, to be honest with you. It, just watching the – as smart of a player Dwight Howard is, as important as he is, especially with Joel Embiid out, he basically got himself completely tossed out of the game uh, for no reason at all. Him and Trez were going back and forth but still not enough for the Lakers. They still lose to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, okay, let's do this when we come back. I know we still got a, a few people that want to chat about this Lakers loss. I'll take some phone calls as we come back. A couple of interesting quotes I want to read. There was a, a couple of good quotes from Dennis Schroeder, another good quote from KCP, and then we'll also get a chance to hear from Mark Gasol. Gasol's been gone. Gasol talks about his, uh, um, you know, obviously going through COVID-19 and what that journey has been like. Um, plus... We will uh, get a chance to just react a little bit to all the deals that went down in the NBA earlier today. Uh, Lakers lose to the Sixers 109-101. Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN.